This episode of The Explainer is supported by Daft Advantage Ads. Selling a home is a huge financial decision, so make sure your property is on daft.ie, Ireland's number one property website. Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and this week, what's the deal with Revolut? It's lovely to be back in the presenter's chair today for Laura, but she will be back next week. And I was at an event recently where the CEO of Revolut was talking about how Irish people are enthusiastic adopters of his company compared to, say, populations in other nations. He says it's so normal to hear people of all ages here say, I'll just Revolut you, whether it's work collections, pub rounds or the family bills. But recently, people will have noticed some subtle changes to how Revolut works. Things like IBANs have been introduced. But what does that make Revolut now? Where should we be keeping our money we need daily access to? And what direction is personal banking taking? To answer those questions, I'm joined by Dara Cassidy, who is head of communications with Bonkers.ie. Thanks a million, Dara, for joining us. You're welcome. First off, how would you describe Revolut? What exactly is it? Well, had you asked me this question maybe two or three years ago, I probably would have given a slightly longer response, but it is now a bank. It has a banking license. It's operating in Ireland as a bank. Uh, That means any deposits or any savings that people have up to 1,000 or 100,000 euro are fully covered by their deposit guarantee. Revolut now offers personal loans. It offers current accounts. It offers credit cards. It allows you to withdraw cash from ATMs. It allows you to make payments with your card, set up direct debits and standing orders and so on. The biggest difference really, though, is that it has no branches. So it's an online service. It's called an online bank or a digital bank or a neobank. But really, that is the only difference at the moment. Now, for some people, I think, who might be under the age of uh, 30 or 35, the fact that there is no branches will make absolutely no difference to their relationship with Revolut. Maybe those who are a little bit older, that might be a bit of an issue. But um, there's probably a few listeners that are saying, well, do you know what? Even AIB and Bank of Ireland don't have many branches these days either. And So does everybody have to use... Revolut, if you want to, so say employers, if you want to get paid through your Revolut account, would they have to pay you through a Revolut account or, you know, you're using a state agency to you know, get child benefit? Can you give them your IBAN for your Revolut account? Yeah, it's such a good question. It's a really, really timely question. So now everyone who opens up a Revolut account will be given an Irish account number, an Irish IBAN that will start with the letters IE, and all existing Revolut customers should have been moved over from a Lithuanian account details or Lithuanian account number to an Irish account number over the past maybe two or three weeks. And that is important because even though technically it was illegal and it shouldn't have happened, and a lot of people, and this isn't just Revolut users, anyone in Ireland who had a non-Irish bank account number could sometimes find that they had difficulty setting up direct debits, setting up standing orders, and maybe even getting paid because either their employer, their estate agency, or maybe their utility provider, such as their energy provider, didn't accept or didn't recognize the non-Irish IBAN. But now that Revolut is offering Irish account details, I think that's a real game changer because up until then, it would have been my big issue with recommending Revolut as your only bank account for your day-to-day banking needs. I would have had to highlight that there is such a thing as IBAN discrimination. You may find it difficult. Sometimes you even hear of government agencies making it difficult for people to use non-Irish IBANs. By law, any country that's in SEPA, which is around 36 territories and countries in the EU, it actually includes a few non-EU countries as well. If you're in SEPA and you have a SEPA account, um, you know, 
number um, that shouldn't make a difference but we even heard these stories of sometimes social welfare saying to people no we don't accept your um, your Revolut account we don't accept your N26 account but now that there is an Irish IBAN and everyone has Irish account details that issue is no longer um, something that people need to worry about. So yeah there's no difference now between a Revolut IBAN or a AIB or Bank of Ireland IBAN? Absolutely not. They both start with the letters IE. So your employer, your utility provider, no one should have any issue taking your account details or paying money into your accounts. And why did Revolut make this change? They made it because they kind of had to. As I was saying, the issue of IBAN discrimination was quite real. Now, it's not necessarily just something that happens in Ireland. If you actually look on even um, Revolut's website and even N26, its German main competitor in Ireland, they did have these uh, lists of people who you could complain to uh, in various different countries if you were just if you were suffering from IBAN discrimination. So it was quite clear this was an issue that was um, coming up. But even though Revolut shouldn't have had to move to Irish accounts, details and they knew it was an impediment they knew that it was an impediment to people actually using the account for their main day-to-day banking needs and you know at the end of the day the company needs to make money and I think up until recently people would have used Revolution Ireland just to send people money we always say a revolution but now Revolut wants to move beyond that it wants to start selling us things and it wants us to have a deeper relationship with the company and to actually start viewing it as a bank and to take out banking products with it so we can make more money yes So one of the things that you mentioned was they're going to start offering loans. What are their loan offerings and how do they compare to the other big banks in Ireland? So they've been offering loans, I think, for about the past maybe three months. Um, And obviously, as an online-only bank, you can apply for the loan and draw down the loan, sometimes only within minutes within the app. It's very, very quick. It's very, very easy. They offer loans up to €30,000. Now, depending on what you need the money for, that'll either be more than enough money or maybe not enough. Most of the other main banks will offer a personal loan up to €75,000. So if maybe you're someone who's doing a deep retrofit on your home and you need to borrow 50 or 60 grand, this is going to be suitable for you. So they offer loans up to 30,000 and their APR starts from 5.99%, which is really, really competitive. In fact, in most cases, it'll be the lowest rate on the market. A little bit of a flag though, what Revolut does and on post, post money does this and so does Avant Money. That 5.99% rate that was only offered to people with the best credit rating, depending on your, you know, your wage, how you manage your money and basically your credit profile, you could actually be charged a rate of up to 12.99% on push to something similar as well. It can be a bit frustrating because it can make applying and comparing products quite difficult because, you know, obviously Bonkers.ie, we compare products, but when we're trying to tell people what the rate is, we don't know when that 5.99% rate or 12.99% rate kicks in. So I would just say to listeners, do always shop around. Um, Yes, that 5.99% rate is great. And if you get that, you're doing really, really well, but it may be a little bit higher. Um, And then they also have credit cards as well, which they just recently launched. So they're increasingly becoming, as I kind of said at the start of the podcast, really everything you would expect from a normal bank. That loan offering sounds like it might be competition for, say, a credit union loan. You know, people who take out smaller loans to go on holidays or, you know, to get smaller things done around the house. How do they compare then to credit union offerings? 
So again, all the credit unions offer slightly different rates and depending on the type of credit union that you have or that you're in and also depending on what you're borrowing for, the credit union rates can be quite varied. In general, if you were to get though that rate of 5.99%, that would beat the credit union. So it's a really, really good rate. It's a really, really competitive rate. Uh, but you, I, I can't emphasize this enough, you do need to shop around. You may not necessarily get that 5.99% rate. Only after you've started the application process, you might be told that the rate is a little bit higher. And if it does go up to, you know, 12.99%, that's when I'd say to people, well, go back then maybe and look at the credit union because they might have a slightly lower rate. And when you're talking about that 30,000 threshold, it sounds like they're not quite ready to introduce mortgages yet. Will that be something in their future? They seem really gung-ho. I mean, I've chatted to a few of them on it and they seem really, really gung-ho that they are going to launch mortgages. I didn't think they would purely because it's one thing to give somebody a five grand loan or a 10 grand loan because they want to go to Vegas to celebrate the 40th birthday or something. It's a completely different ballgame to give someone 500,000 euro to purchase a house. And obviously we saw with the economic crash in 2008 and 2009, what can happen when banks do not lend well? So getting into mortgages is really, really big territory, but it is where all the money is. That's where banks make the vast majority of their profits. It's not by offering people current accounts. In most cases, current accounts actually lose banks money. Um, even though we, we were annoyed every time we have to pay quarterly account fees, quite often those fees aren't enough really to cover the management of the accounts. Banks make their money with mortgages, but they, they do seem really intent on shaking up the markers on launching mortgages it'll be interesting to see what rates they offer you know as i said giving out a 10 grand loan is completely different to giving out a 500 grand mortgage and it needs more oversight there's a lot more regulation you also need to hold capital against the mortgage as well and basically money so if you lend out 500,000, the bank whether it's AIB or Revolut, would need to keep a small percentage of that money in case the loan goes bad or goes sour. And in Ireland, because lending is a bit more risky, banks here need to hold more capital against mortgages than banks in other countries. And that's partly the reason why KBC and Ulster Bank left. So I'm not sure how that might work for Revolut, you know, and they'll need to tease, all th- tease through all of these issues. But in short, they seem gung-ho. They're saying they're going to launch mortgages in the next maybe two or three years. So it'll be a game changer again, I'm sure. And the other things then that banks try to sell us, like you talked about at the start, is insurance. So is the insurance business somewhere that where they want to take their business? It is. So they're looking at car insurance, they say. My understanding is they're doing it with the AIG. Um, they're looking to come in, I think, in the next maybe two or three months um, and they're saying that it's going to be a competitive product um, everything that Revolut does is competitive but it's not necessarily the cheapest as I said sometimes the loan is, aren't the cheapest depending on your credit profile they have a credit card that offers an APR of 17.99% which compares to I think 13.8% w- with AIB so you know it, 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 I, I love Revolut it's great they make everything so easy but they're not necessarily always the cheapest so it'll be the same with car insurance I'm sure there'll be lots of attention lots of focus focus on it. Um, But as always, I'd be saying to people, do shop around and compare other offers because you may be able to get a slightly better deal elsewhere. But I do think that by offering potentially mortgages and by offering potentially car insurance, it will get Irish consumers into the habit more of shopping around and going to different providers, which I think will be a win-win for everyone, regardless of whether you're a revenue customer. 
Yeah, so the Revolutio and that event that I was talking about talked about Irish people being such early adopters of, of the technology around a revolution. Do you think there'll be much appetite among Irish consumers for their next level products? I think so. I think there is, I mean, there isn't a huge amount of competition in the Irish banking sector. And obviously we've seen two banks go. We've seen Ulster Bank and KBC leave. And actually, we, in many ways, we saw a third bank leave, Starling Bank, which was going to be a challenger to Revolut and N26 pulled out of Ireland at the last minute. My understanding is they they had a banking license. They were like weeks from opening up and they pulled out. So in some ways, we've lost three banks. So there's not that much competition. And what Revolut offers is, is a great product. And I think Irish people are responding to that because we've been starved of innovation and good banking features from our, our, our other banks. So when Revolut comes in, it's like you know shooting fish in a barrel. It's such easy pickings. And um, some of what Revolut has, like even just being able to, you know, I know other banks have it, but still like you know permanent GSB doesn't. Just being able to freeze and unfreeze your card if you think you lose it. Launching Apple Pay and Google Pay. I was waiting like three years it felt from for permanent GSB to launch it. All these things that that and other markets banks have been doing for years our main banks have been really really slow to do so i think irish people are just a little bit starved of innovation from banks so i think anything that revenue does is just really going to be popular here thinking of selling choose a daft advantage ads to guarantee unbeatable visibility attract more buyers and get the best price for your home ask your estate agent for a daft advantage ad today so is there a fear among Irish banks then about Revolut, you know, expanding their operations because Irish people have become adopters of the technology? Oh, yeah, I'd say there is a real fear. And I'd say there's particularly a fear around now loans, credit cards, particularly mortgages. I'd be quick to sign the death knell for banks, though. I mean, I think that's been going on for 20 or 30 years uh, before us and I was working in banks as well. And I kind of feel I've been listening to this for maybe two decades. And we need to put things into perspective as well. Bank of Ireland and permanent, not so much permanent GSB, but Bank of Ireland and AIB are making something like a billion euro in profit every year. Uh, in a market as small as Ireland, Revolut says it has almost 30 million customers and it made a profit last year, I think, of maybe 100 million, if even. And that was the first time it made a profit and it was three months late um, signing off on its accounts. So I'm not sure if the banks are quivering just yet. It's almost like as well the you know the fashion industry. I mean, Penny still hasn't gotten in to online shopping and it's doing OK. We're constantly told that Marks and Spencer's is going to die or it's going to fall. And, you know, and I know it's been closing some shops and we're told ASOS is the future. And then you look at the profits of ASOS and it's nothing. And then you look at the profits of Marks and Spencer's and they're still making a few hundred million euros. So it's kind of the same with banking. Yes, banking is changing. Of course, the Irish banks are probably quivering a little bit because Revolut is so nimble and it's so online focused. But um, I, I think we're, we're, we're a long way. I, I think we'll see, you know, <laughs> permanent GSB, AIB and Bank of Ireland as household names in Ireland for a long time to come. But it's good. It's good that Revolut is here and it's forcing the Irish banks up their game. Yeah, there had been talk that the banks were apparently working together to build a Revolut style app when it became popular um, or as it looked like it was going to become popular. What's the latest with that? So the latest is that kind of there is no latest. It's gone a little bit quiet over the past few months. My understanding is that it's still being worked through. There was issues at the start around from the CCPC, so the Competition Authority. They raised a few kind of queries. Um, 
I, I think some people did raise an eyebrow as to why this banking app called Sync was even going to be introduced because really there's something called SEPA instant payments, which kind of allows instant payments between banks anyway. So it was kind of a feeling that maybe the banks, they were being maybe a little bit anti-competitive, trying to push revenue out, a little bit afraid. Um, so, and, and then of course, and like I said, the, when the CCPC looked at it for the first time, they said, no, you need to come back to us with many more details. But now the CCP has approved us. So it will be interesting to see how that works and how it comes on board. And it is going to be an app first and foremost that would allow just anyone who's a member of sync you know to send money to someone else so that could obviously be really really handy but equally i think that the app will probably need to do a little bit more because as you know revolut it's not just about sending people money you can buy cryptocurrency you can have apple pay google pay you get analytics you can buy stocks and shares you can save money through vaults for and when it, for your money gets rounded up and put into like an online corn jar there's so many things that revolut and also n26 do in their app and um, so if sync comes out and all it does is just sending money back and forth I'm not sure if it maybe will be as successful as, as, as the banks are hoping, particularly now that Revolut has the Irish IBAN. And obviously so many Ulster Bank and KBC customers have been looking for new accounts. A lot of those people may actually go to Revolut and use Revolut as their day-to-day account. And of course, it's so hard to find someone who doesn't use Revolut that like, if, you know, if I met you and I was like, oh, we were permanent TSB and you're like, no, and like, okay, I'll Revolut you instead, brand, you know? So I'm not sure if Sync will necessarily be as successful, but we'll wait and see. But they say their planning is, and maybe there'll be a launch within around maybe a year or two. One thing that you do hear people say about Revolut is that they're afraid to keep too much money in it um, because, you know, it's new and people are often wary of, of, of new things. Is it now as secure as putting your money, like even if it's in the, you know, 90,000 range, like still below that 100,000 deposit rate, but is it as safe as putting it into any of the other like traditional banks? It's a good question. And in some ways, yes and no. Yes, because your money is protected by the deposit guarantee scheme. So if something was to happen to Revolut and there was a run on the bank or it closed down, your money up to €100,000 would be protected the exact same way it would be in permanent TSB or AIB or Bank of Ireland. The issue that happens, and it is a small issue, but it does happen. And then people get really frustrated because there is no person that you can really pick up the phone and talk to you. You can't go into a bank branch and start, you know, stamping your fees and looking to talk to someone. Is that sometimes people get incorrectly locked out of their account for suspected fraud and anti-money laundering reasons. Now, I don't know, maybe these people genuinely are up to no good, but you see it a lot online, particularly on Twitter. And because Revolut uses AI as opposed to people, often things can get incorrectly flagged, whereas maybe in permanent TSB, someone might look at the account details and say, oh, that's Sinead. They may even know you because Ireland is so small. Oh yeah, we know why that 10 grand went in. That's fine. In Revolut, it's a, it's a bot, it's an AI system. It sees the 10 grand or maybe the five grand or maybe it's even just 500 euro. It flags this as an unusual transaction and your account gets frozen. 
And under anti-money laundering legislation and law, and there's really strict fines if you fall foul of it, it is illegal for a bank to tell you why your account has been frozen. And in some ways that makes sense. If somebody is actually up to criminal activity and they ring up, of course it makes sense that the bank isn't allowed to say to them, hey Sinead, we think you're up to no good, because it gives you an idea that the guards are after you. So I, I do get that, but it does mean that you have this situation where people have been locked out. They then ring up and say, why is my account frozen? They're not allowed to be told. They're not. Allowed, they're often not given timelines, and it can be quite frustrating. It is, and then of course, on top of that, Revolut's customer service is really an, an in-app chat feature. So you can't even ring someone and explain things, and you, you know you have to type things out. And usually, you're probably quite stressed already when you're trying to do this. So it is something yes to flag if you're putting all your money there. That 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 potential issue of getting locked out and finding it difficult to regain access because really where where revolution is and great is customer service everything else in my opinion is brilliant their app is brilliant their communications are really really good and they're really really clear they have revolutionized banking where they need to up their game is customer service so dara should we just be treating revolution as a traditional bank but just one with a slicker app than the others and perhaps a little less face-to-face interaction but as we were saying a lot of the traditional banks are going towards having less customer time anyway so you know our revolution actually the same as Bank of Ireland and AIB and permanent TSB? Yeah, I, mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It is a bank. I mean, it has a banking license. But I guess there's no necessarily, in, in some ways, there's no necessarily clear definition of a bank, although having a banking license is obviously a good way to start. But I mean, two or three years ago, when it didn't have a banking license, it was like, is it, a, is, is it just an app? Is it a money management tool? Um, technically, it was um, it, it was licensed here under a slightly different um, uh, you know, piece of legislation. I, I could see why maybe sometimes there is still a little bit of uncertainty around what Revolut is, but really there's no reason why we shouldn't be talking about them in the same way we talk about permanent GSB, ARB and Bank of Ireland. Sometimes people might think as well that a bank is, some, is somewhere where you go to get a mortgage. I mean, you, a, a bank cannot sell mortgages if it doesn't want to. A bank cannot sell loans if it doesn't want to. Um, a bank really is, is, I suppose, an institution that has technically a banking license. What it chooses to do with that license is obviously up to it. But your money is protected. I think that's the big thing at the moment. Your money is protected up to €100,000, the same way it is with any other institution in Ireland. And now you have Irish account details, although it, it's a real bugbear of mine. So I'm going to stress it again. They shouldn't have had to do that. It's frustrating me that legislation, consumer legislation in, in Ireland is so often just not properly followed through on, but there's no longer an issue with Ivan discrimination. The only the issue, as we discussed, is sometimes around customer service, but there's probably a few listeners saying, hang on, my customer service with AIB isn't that great either. So, so finally, Dara, is it only a matter of time before banks like Revolut become dominant or are they already there because of the amount of people who use them? It's getting that way. I think what will happen is that it will be more, I think the people who are in, not to kind of pander to stereotypes, the people who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s will kind of set on their ways and they will continue probably to have their main bank account at one of the main accounts and or one of the main banks. And they might also have a revolution for being able to send and receive money easily. But there is a generation growing up of teenagers and people in their 20s who only have revolution and where when it comes to them maybe getting their first job or you know leaving college they'll actually be like actually do you know what I don't need 
to go and open up another bank account. Revolut is doing me just fine. And with Revolut, I mean, one of the big issues as well is that's not great if you don't like to take out cash, for example. I can charge quite heavily for cash transactions. So that would be my other thing, you know, about customer service. And then, you know, if you like taking out cash, this isn't the account for you. I hate cash. One of the few good things to come out from COVID, I say one of the few good things, because obviously it was an awful period for me, was to move towards a less cash-based society. But you have, obviously, some people who are in their 40s and 50s and they like cash. And there was that big um, thing in the news when AIB tried to close branches and people got very you know, passionate about that because they wanted to have you know, cash facilities. You have a generation of kids in, in their late teens, early 20s, who probably never use cash, who there's going to be a generation going, we're going to go to an ATM machine and not even know how to use it. They'll actually be like, how does this thing work? The same way if you or I tried to write a check, we'd be like, how do you write a check? Like, oh, do people actually ever use these? There's a generation growing up that are like, we don't even know how to use AGMs. So I think that generation is going to be very much, you know, happy to use Revolut and not necessarily want to even engage with some of the bigger banks, particularly now if Revolut is offering them loans and overdrafts and other things that they need. So we will definitely see Revolut and online banks become more and more established in Ireland and throughout the world, I think, over the next decade or two. But um, you know, we're not going to see the death of AIB and Bank of Ireland just yet because there's those, those older customers that are still going to be with them. But they, they will need to adapt. Those banks are going to have to improve their apps. They're going to have to become more nimble could have to differentiate themselves in some ways as well. Um, you know, do they continue with the branch network that costs them loads of money? Then if they do, they need to do something with it. I kind of feel that they now just have these branch networks that are legacy networks that no one's going into, that maybe they just keep open because they're afraid to close them because they get a bad rap in the media. But we'll see what happens. But it is an interesting time. There's a lot of flux in the Irish banking sector at the moment. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Dara, thanks so much for coming in and explaining all of that to us. It's a fascinating insight into the world of banking right now. This episode of The Explainer was supported by Daft Advantage Ads, the best way to sell your home in Ireland. Looking to get the best price for your home? Ask your estate agent for a Daft Advantage ad today. Thank you for listening to The Explainer and a big thank you to Dara for joining us. This episode of The Explainer was brought to you by the usual Explainer team, headed by senior producer Nikki Ryan. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting us so we can continue to make more just like this one. There's a couple of things you can do. Head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute to become a monthly subscriber or make a one-off donation. You can also leave us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a great way to make sure other people will listen and love it as well. Thank you and catch you next time.